thanking our sponsors for today. Today's sponsors are Talmud Torah sponsors for the month are Paul and Kathy Pollock. In honor of their grandchildren, may they all grow up to be the best version of themselves, and may you have tremendous nachas from all of them. Davyomi is sponsored in the schos for a four shlema for Yehuda Ben Michal, the son of our devoted shear member and Magad Shear of Kamal Kiva Kovacs. And once again, a reminder, he is making a bris this morning at approximately 7.45 at Rabbi Golfez's shul. Week of Learning is sponsored by Gail and Doug Stanger. Again, Mazel Tov to Akiva Leib Weinberg and his bar mitzvah. Mazel Tov from Bubby and Safta. Dafyomi today is sponsored by Sonia Kozlowski and the entire Kozlowski family. The sponsor of today's daf for a, is the chus for a successful sur- a surgery for and for Rafua Shlema for their spouse, father, and grandfather, Baruch Bishel ben Rachel, as he undergoes orthopedic surgery this morning. May this chus of Baruch Bishel's father, Aryeh ben Baruch, who was instrumental in starting our shul's daf yomi, lead to Rafua Shlema for Baruch Bishel, as well as for Yehuda ben Micha Kovacs and all Israel requiring such Rafua. Indeed, the schos of our Talmud Torah should serve as a schos. Thank you for Baruch Fischel, and you should have a successful surgery and a successful refuah. B'soch Sh'archa Yisrael. Today's daf is daf Lamed Vav. We are going to be picking up on daf Lamed Hey Amud Beis from the two dots, Tan Rabbanon Arayis Ushnios L'Arayis. Gemara begins as follows. Tan Rabbanon. Our Rabbanan have taught us Arayos Vishnios Laarayos, which means Arayos, forbidden relationships, and secondary forbidden relationships. We're not going to define that just yet, because the Gemara is going to define that very soon. But any of those relationships, if a person is Ma'anes or Mafate, Ma'anes literally means a person forces this woman into a relationship. Mafate is a case of seduction where a person seduces. The woman into a relationship. The halacha is lo ein lahen lo knas v'lopitoy. The general rule is that these these knasos, these fines, these penalties are only relevant to a person who is a besula, and therefore the, in these cases as well, these cases are forbidden relationships. In these cases, the halacha is there is no knas and there is no pitoy. Now, just a word of note with regard to the term ein lahen lo knas v'lopitoy. Almost all of the Rishonim are bothered by the description of Ein Lahem Lo Knas because there are two different things. Knas is a penalty. Both an Ones, a girl who was forced into a relationship, and a Mephata, a relationship where she was convinced into this relationship, there is Knas. Pitoi is the description of the action. So when it says Ein Lahem Lo Knas it seems to be saying there's no fine, there's no penalty, and no Pitoi. So the Rishonim will talk about it. But again, if you look at Tosus over here, he points out, Istagaras velo onis, mishum depitoi nami knasu. But again, I don't want to get into the answer because it goes in so many different directions. But let's just understand at this point, the Gemara means to say that there's no knas for both those cases, whether it was an ones or it was a case where she was seduced. Islandess, an islandess is a girl who is determined she can't have any children, ain la lo knas lo pitoy. Again, if, she, if someone is ma'anes her, or someone is mefat to her, there's no fine. Vahayotse mishum shemra, a girl 
who goes out because of a terrible name that was spread about her, which means that it was said about her. Her husband married her, they got married, and they engaged in their relationship on the first night, and he claimed that she was not a besula as she was supposed to be, and therefore she had to leave the marriage. Talach is, if someone is ma'anesh, mafata, that girl, there is no knas. So now the Gemara asks a question. My arayos, umai shneos larayos. I skipped something. Yeah. I skipped my enes. Let's go back. Arayos. The shneos larayos. Nobody pointed it out to me. Arayos. The shneos larayos. Forbidden relationships. There is no knas. Ain lem lo knas lopitoi hamima enes. A case of hamima enes. Ain la lo knas lopitoi. I knew I skipped something because this morning when I learned this, I had a I had a, I had a kasha on this, and I looked it up in the Rishonim, and I saw that every one of the Rishonim asked the question, and therefore even brought the Sefer Shittim Kubetzas. As I was going through the Gemara, I was thinking, how come it didn't come to that question? And the reason is because I skipped it. So what's a mima enes? A mima enes is somebody, a, a girl who whose father or brother married her off as a katana. Ta'alach is they're allowed to marry her off with this Kedushin Durabanan. And Mima Enes is a woman who says, I don't want this anymore. She walks out. She storms out of the marriage. So the Allah is, if somebody is Ma'anes, or someone who's Mifata, that girl, Ta'alach is, there is no Knas. Now, the problem over here is, and Tosus even asked the question on the page, if she's, if she's a Mima Enes, by definition, that means she was married. Right? She was married. Now, if she was married, the assumption is that she did things that married people do, and therefore she's not a basula. So why do you have to say she's not, that there's no knas because she's in a ma'enes? That's just an external detail which is describing that she's not a basula. So the Rishonim, there's the, almost all the Rishonim over here, I'm just looking in the Shittim Kabetzes. He quotes Rashi, he quotes the Ramban, he quotes the Ritva. I'm just going to quote one of the Rashba as well. But I'll, I'm just quote one of the explanations from the Rishonim to explain this, to make it make a little bit more sense. But again, there's a number of different approaches to this. And the Rosh writes, V'nir lefaresh mima'enes she'ansa ba'ala. Who is the one who forced her into this relationship? It was her own husband. Opita osa, or he seduced her, kishahosa omedes tachtav kodemion. So it's talking about a case where he himself was the one who was Ma'aneser. So, so again, that's the Chiddush. The Chiddush is that there is no Knas even in those cases. We don't say, in other words, the Chiddush over here is that when she walks out, she storms out of the marriage, it doesn't indicate that retroactively they, they were never married. But again, the Rishon will go in many different directions. Some say it's talking about a case where they never engaged in intimate relations. Why? Because she was a katana, and it was known that she has the ability to be able to walk out of the marriage at any point in time, so therefore didn't invest all that much in the marriage. But again, there's so many different approaches. But again, the simple understanding is that since she is a Mima Enes, she is no longer a Vesula, and then the Rishon will go in many different directions. So quickly, we'll run through this Gemara again. The Ma'enes ain't l'knas lopitoi. Islandess, a girl who can't have children, ain't l'knas lopitoi. Islandess, a girl who cannot have children, there is no knas lopitoi. What happens over there? An islandess is a girl 
who skips the stage of Nairos. Remember, this parak is called Elu Nairos, because we're describing girls who reach that stage of Nairos. When is that? Halacha is, a girl starts off as a katana, and then she goes through a pro- approximately a six-month period of Nairos, and then she reaches the period of Bogeres. This parak is referring to a girl who's in that six-month period, which is approximately 12 to 12 and a half. Now, an islandess is a girl who does not develop the signs of being an adult. So she skips that whole stage of being a naira, and therefore, there's not going to be any relevant knas. In other words, she's, she goes straight from being a katana to being a bogeres, and she skips the stage of nairos. The, the next case was This is a girl who goes out of the marriage. She exits the marriage because of a shemra. Because her husband discovered on the first time that they were intimate that they, she was unfortunately Mizana Tachtov. So he spreads the word about her that she was Mizana during their marriage and she leaves the marriage as a result of that. Now the Gemara asks a question. Maya Rayos, Shneos La Rayos. What are these Arayos, these forbidden relationships, and what are the secondary relationships? The Gemara says, Ilema. If you're going to suggest we're going to the top of Laman above Amad Aleph now, Arayos means Arayos Mamish, and as Rashi says, Hamafurish Bachrimos. In other words, they're the ones that are written in the Pasuk. And Shneos, what are Shneos? Midere Sofrim, they are relationships that are forbidden, but they are only forbidden Midrabanan. And Rashi says, Kagon Aim Imo, like a grandmother, or Aim Aviv, grandmother from both sides. Now, it's important to point out, obviously, these cases are not talking about where a person was ma'anes, a grandmother. Because the grandmother is not going to be a naira. And we know the halacha is that all these halachas are only relevant if it's somebody who is a vasula. A grandmother, by definition, can't be a vasula. Rashi is just pointing out examples of somebody who would be a Arayas Midrabanan. He doesn't mean that these cases are talking about a grandmother. Sigmar says, if you're going to suggest that Shneos Larayas means they are secondary prohibitions because they are Midrabanan, hold on a second. Since, from the Torah's perspective, they can stay married. Amai ein lahen knas. Remember, at the beginning of the parak, we explained that the criteria for there being a knas, for there being a financial penalty, is that you could technically fulfill the pasuk of velosia leisha. That if somebody engages in this relationship with this girl, one of the penalties are that he should actually now have to pick her up and marry her and stay with her for the rest of his life because of what he did to her. Now, if you're not allowed to marry her, so then you'd be exempt. So now here, in the case of, of Arayas Midrabanan, technically, from the Doraisa perspective, from the Torah's perspective, he can marry her. Because there's no Isser to this relationship. They're not related. They're allowed to stay married. So therefore, she would be eligible for a knas. So would the Chachamim then go ahead and say, hold on a second, but according to us, this is Arayas, and therefore she shouldn't get a knas. Rabbanu wouldn't want to do that. They would not make a takana that would make her lose her lose her money. So the Gemara says, Ella Arayos, it must be. Again, Kivan Demidaraisachazileknas. Why wouldn't they be a knas? The Gemara says, Ella Arayas, when we use the word Arayas, we were describing 
Chayave misos beistin, a relationship that would be punishable by death in a court of beistin. So in other words, in this world. Shneos, what are shneos? Those are relationships that are chayavi krisos, that beistin can't put someone to death for, but the person's chayav cars for engaging in that relationship. Aval, however, chayavi lavin, which are also asr midoraisa, yeshlohen knas, there is a knas. In other words, shneos is described, Shneos is, both Shneos and Arias are describing relationships that are Asumidorais. So all these are Asumidorais. But, but, but Chayavei Lavin, that's where the exclusion is. That's where Yesh link nas. Umani, whose opinion is this following? Shimon Atimni. If you remember Shimon Atimni, Andav Chavtesim Aleph, what did he say? He said that you don't actually have to have, doesn't, the criteria is not that you're allowed to stay married to the woman. The criteria is that if you married her, the marriage would work. Now, it might be that you have to divorce her afterwards because it's a forbidden relationship, but technically, the kiddushin would work, and that's true by chayavi lavi. Ikud amri, there are those who say, arayos is chayavi misos based in, the chayavi krisos and both, and Chayavi Krisus. What are Shneos? Shneos is Chayavi Lavin. And what are Chayavi Lavin describing? Manim Shimon Benasihi. That's the opinion on Chavtes that disagreed with Shimon Atimini. And he said the criteria is that you actually have to be able to be Ru'uya Lekaima. Not only the marriage works, but also that she's Ru'uya Lekaima, you can stay married to her. Okay. Now the Gemara goes on. Hamima Enas in Laknas. Hamima Enas, again, is a Kitana, a young girl. Who is married off by her father or by her by her brother, and she is mima'enes, she refuses the marriage, she walks out. Sigmar says, if a person is ma'anes or mefate, a person forces this girl, violates her against her will, or seduces her, the Allah is ain't loknas. Ain't loknas lopitoi, there is no penalty, there's no financial penalty. Gemara says, hold on a second. It seems like what you're pointing out is that she's a mima'enes. In other words, that is the key point. The fact that she is mima'enes. Now, who is a mima'enes? Who does this describe? We just explained, a katana, a young girl who could be married off in this circumstance. So the diuk, what we would derive from there is that it's only because that she's a mima'enes, and that's why there's no knas. Ha-katana ba'alma, isle. If she was a katana who was not a mima'enes, then there would be a knas. Again, because if a mima'enes is only someone who is a katana, and you're choosing to highlight the fact that she is a mima'enes, she's refusing the marriage, so then that must be the point. Because if that wasn't the point, then just say, there's no knas for a katana. So now it must be that you meant for a katana, there is a knas, but for a mima'enes, there isn't. Mani, whose opinion does that follow? Rabbanon, his Gemara says, must be the Rabbanon, to Amri Ketani Yesh Leknas. They must follow the opinion of the Rabbanon who say that yes, our parak is called Elunairus, but Elunairus only comes to exclude someone who's older than Anaira. The fine is not relevant to an adult, to a Bogeres, but it's relevant to both a Naira and a Ketana, to, a, to both a young girl under the age of 12 and a, gr- a girl under the age of 12 and a half. But the problem says the Gemara, if that's true, that, that, that our Brisa holds that there is a knas for a katana, 
a Masefa. Let's read the end of this. Islanus, a girl can't have children. There's no knas and no pitoy. That follows the opinion of her mayor. To Amar, Ketana, Ein Leknas. Vahamikatnusa, Yatzelabagar. In other words, what's the reason why an islandess doesn't get a knas? It's because she has no stage of Nairus, as we described. In other words, the problem with an islandess, with a girl who can't have children, is we don't care about the, I mean, we care terribly about the fact that you can't have children, but that's not relevant to this fact. The relevance is that she does not have the halachic stage of maturity of Naira. She doesn't go into that period called being a Naira. In other words, the problem with, a, with an islandess, the reason why she doesn't get a knas is because she skips the stage of being a Naira. Now, what, what does that clearly, clearly indicate? It indicates that the stage beforehand, which is being a katana, and the stage afterwards, which is being a bogeres, both are ineligible for the financial penalty. So that clearly indicates that it's only a Naira who gets the knas. That's clearly the opinion of a mayor. So how could it be that from one line to the next, the author of this b'risa changes from the Chachamim to Rabbi Meir? Mara says, Reisha Rabbanon, the Sefer of Meir. Can we have one statement, one b'risa, one memra, which begins with the Rabbanon, and then it just switches automatically in the beginning from the, from the Rabbanon to a mayor? Maybe we'll suggest that the whole thing is Rabbi Meir. And there's an external opinion mixed in over here, which is the opinion of Rabbi Huda. What is the opinion of Rabbi Huda? It's an outside opinion, which is that Enes can actually be a Naira, that, it, that the period where she can storm out of this marriage extends even to being an Ira. In other words, that we don't need to go ahead and make a diuk that it's only that the opposite of a Mema'enes, in other words, the default would have been that she's a Katana, because the mayor follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that, indeed, she can walk out as a Naira. But the problem is, that's just not true. Umi Savala, does he actually hold like that? Vatanya, we learned in a Raisad Masai Habas Mema'enes, until what stage can a girl be ma'ain? Can she storm out of this marriage? Until she brings two hairs of maturity, and that is the period of being a naira. Divi Rabbi Meir. That's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Yehuda Omer, Yehuda is one who disagrees and says, I'm not going to get into that sugi right now because it's a drop complicated. It was a sugi in Yavamas, but ultimately it describes a a little bit more of an advanced stage of maturity. But clearly, the one who's arguing with Rabbi Yehuda is Rabbi Meir. And he says that the stage is Achitavish Cyrus. It means until she becomes a Naira, once she becomes a Naira, she can no longer do Bion. So therefore, we cannot have that price of being Rabbi Meir and including the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda because we've got news for you. Rabbi Meir doesn't agree with Rabbi Yehuda. Ella, it must be Rabbi Yehuda. It must be that this entire b'risa is Rabbi Yehuda. Ubiketana Meir. And he follows the opinion of Rabbi Meir that a ketana, there is no knas. And therefore, there's no knas by an alanus. In other words, we're going to just say that this case of, of a memenes is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, which is referring to the period of Ibn Iris, because that's Rabbi Yehuda. But when it comes to 
this one particular halach over here. By Kitana Savala Kramer. He holds a Kramer that there's no knas. Okay. Umi Savala. Is that true? The Ha'amar. Rihuda Amarav. Rihuda said the name of Rav. Zudiv Rabbi Meir. This opinion follows the opinion of Rabbi Meir. If it's true that this price was actually said by Rabbi Yehuda, Zudiv Rabbi Meir of Rabbi Yehuda why are we specifying only that it's the opinion of Rabbi Meir? Add in the opinion of Rabbi Huda as well. In other words, don't say Zudivri Rabbi Rabbi Meir. Say Zudivri Rabbi Meir vi Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda is in agreement with this. So just to point out, if you look at Tosfus, in the Tosfus, in Isa Zudivri Rabbi Meir, Tosfus goes through a number of different opinions over here, but ultimately Tosfus' question is, do we have to list everybody? In other words, we wanted to highlight that it was Rabbi Meir. Do we have to list that it's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda as well? So Sosa says something which is actually very interesting. He says, no, you don't need to list everybody who agrees with this because you could probably find hundreds of Tanoim who agreed with this. However, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda almost always disagreed with each other. And that's why he says, it's close to the end of Tosfus, El mishund Rabbi Yehuda bar plukta de Rabbi Meir, vevi bechlal chachamim de pligialeh ulahachi im isa de lo paleg havle lememer zeudivir Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yehuda. Since it's almost always assumed that when Rabbi Meir says something, Rabbi Yehuda is going to disagree, therefore, if we find a case where they actually have the same opinion, highlight that. Say it. Let us know about it. Simply because I guess the assumption would have been that Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. So if they're going to agree, point it out. But again, it's not necessary to list everybody who agrees every time you list an opinion. So now, in other words, we're still stuck here. We don't have anybody who can be the author of this b'risa where it's going to be consistent. Gemara says, "Haytana Gemara gives a simple solution, saying, "You know what? This is, I guess, probably some type of mysterious Tana. We don't know who it is who wrote this b'risa, but what he was doing was he was following the opinion of Rameir in one case, and Yehuda in another case, and therefore it's not that the, the author of the of the b'risa changes from one half to the next." But the Tana, the external Tana who wrote this Brisa, he followed two different opinions. Rafram Omar, and Rafram says something fascinating. When it says Mema'enes, it doesn't actually mean a girl who was married off by her father and walked out. It just means somebody who's at the age that if she would have been married off by her father, she could have walked out. And who is that? That is a Katana. So the Gemara says, okay, so why call her a Mima Enes? Blisni Kitana. Don't beat around the bush. Just call her a child. And we'll know what you're talking about. Why do you have to call her a Mima Enes? And then they have to review the Homosechta of Yavamas to remember who a Mima Enes is. And then say, oh, you know what? There's two different opinions of when she could walk out. Is it Rabbi Meir? Is it Rabbi Yehuda? Is she a Kitana? Is she an Ayur? Oh, you know what? All I meant was that she was a Kitana. Just don't beat around the bush. Tell us a katana. No, don't the Gemara answers? Kasha. It's a good question. Now, what does the Gemara mean when it says kasha? So we know that the Gemara says kasha, it's different than when the Gemara says tiyufta. The Gemara says tiyufta, it means we have completely obliterated that answer. In other words, we have to retract from that answer. Kasha means it's a very good question, but we're still going to stick with that answer because there are a variety of ex explanations. And I saw the Rishonim actually bring down a number of explanations, but Tosus over here actually addresses it 
And he says, Mikol Makom, and the Tosas for Listni Katana, Kasha Tosas says, Mikol Makim Tani Nami Islandus Taviamina Dafka Katana, Shiyesh Lenaris. In Laknas. In other words, Tosas is going to explain that there are some chidushin that can come out of the fact that we're calling her a mimaenes instead of calling her, calling her a katana, similar to the same thing we do with Islandus. But again, the bottom line is the Gemara is not retracting from the tarot of from the answer of, of, of Ra. From the Gemara is saying there is a technical difficulty over here, but, and we're not going to deal with it right now in the Gemara. But the answer still sticks. Okay, the Gemara goes on and says Islandus. An islandess ain't la lo knas lo An islandess, again, is a girl who can't have any children, and she skips the stage of Nairus. Gemara says, hold on, for a mini. This is a problem. This is a stira. Why? Because we have another b'risa which says, ha-chareshes, v'ashota. Chareshes is a deaf mute, v'ashota, and a girl who is insane, v'ha-islandess, and an islandess, a girl who can't have any children, yesh lahen knas, so here we have very clear, it says, There clearly is a statement over here that there is a knas. So we have a stira. The Gemara says, Why are you asking this question? The first one is referring to the opinion of Rabbi Meir. What does he say? He says, Ketana does not get a knas. And therefore, an islandess doesn't get a knas because she skips the stage of being a naira. The other opinion is like the, the Rabbana that we mentioned just a few minutes ago, that is of the opinion that a katana does have a knas. So in other words, it's not a stira. You can only ask a stira if you have someone's name attached to a brysa. The fact that you have two different brysas doesn't indicate that there's a stira. There are different authors to the brysa. So the Gemara, the Gemara does not have a stira now. We started off with a brysa at the beginning which says, an islandist does not have a knas. Now we're quoting a verse that says an Islandist does have a knas. That is not a contradiction. It's just two different opinions. The Gemara says, with the karila, my karila. This is such a good answer to the stira. What were you even thinking when you asked the question? When you mentioned this other brisa, why was that even a problem? Why did you even think to ask that as a question? The Gemara says, the truth is, we weren't really so much motivated by the fact that there was a stira with regard to this islandus, rather we were motivated There's really another much stronger question to be asked about that, which is Someone who is insane and an adult, a girl who's an adult and a girl who was she had she lost her basulim not by way of a biyah, but rather by way of something else. Ain lahen tainas basulim. There are no tainas basulim. In other words, if a person marries any of these girls and discovers on the first night of marriage that she is not a basula, the is he cannot go ahead and take her to Basin and claim that he wants out because she's not a basula. In other words, he should have understood that there's a very real possibility that any of these girls are not going to be a basula. I'm going to explain all these cases as we go further. But the problem is, it says clearly, But if you go just a few lines up, In other words, the issue that we're struggling with over here is not really the issue of whether or not there is a knas to somebody who violates her. The problem is, we seem to have a stira about the fact 
can a person go to Bastin and claim that I married this girl under the pretense that she was a Basula, and I discovered after marriage that she wasn't. Gemara seems to say in one place that a Charesh has a deaf mute, there are Tainas Basulim. The same thing is true with a Shota, that there are Tainas Basulim. But here it seems to indicate very clearly the Chareshes and Shota, along with the list of Bogaris Mukas Eitz, there are no Tainas Pesulim, so which one is it? Gemara goes on. Hasuma Ba'ailanis A Suma, a blind girl, Ba'ailanis, and a girl who can't have children, Yeshla and Tainas Pesulim. If a person decides to marry any of these, any of these women, Talach is, he can't take her to Bastin if he discovers that there are no Basulim. Sumchas Omer, Sumchas says, Mishum Rameir, Suma, Ein La Tainas Basulim. If a person marries a blind girl, then he cannot take her to Bastin after the marriage, claiming that she did not have Basulim. He should have assumed that she does not have Basulim. We'll get to explaining this very soon. Amar of so now, getting to that stira, when it comes to a chareshes, a deaf mute, and a shota, are there tainas besulim or not? Gemara says in Rosheshes Lokasha, Horab and Gamliel, Horab Yeshua. If you remember in the last parak, we had extensive discussions about whether or not a girl is believed to give an explanation about when she engaged in this relationship where she lost her besulim. In other words, if a girl says, Misharas Tani Ne'enasti, after we did Erisin, I was violated by somebody against my will, is she believed or not? Megamlil says, yes. If Yeshua said, we do not believe her. So this Gemara, ultimately these two Bryces are going according to those different opinions. The Bryce that says, is following the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua that she is not believed and therefore he can get out of the marriage by saying she's not a basul and she's not believed to say it happened, but ones. The opinion that says that there's Einla in Tainas Basulim is following the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel that she is believed. But hold on a second, the Gemara says. Eimer Deshamas Leila Rabbi Gamliel may be the only time we've heard that Rabbi Gamliel says that she's Ne'emenes, is Hecha Dikatwana Ihi. That's only when she actually voices her opinion and says, yes, it's true that I'm not a basula, but that's because I can explain it to you. After Arison, I had this unfortunate circumstance where I was forced into this relationship. But in a case where she does not say anything, are you going to tell me that we're going to believe her that she was violated against her will after Arison when she didn't say anything? In other words, Gamaliel says the Gemara is only relevant if she speaks up and says, I was violated after we did Arison. Says Gamliel will, be, will believe her. But here she didn't say anything. She's not claiming that she was violated after Arison. Gemara says, yes, in Kivan Amr Gamliel Mehemna, since Gamliel gives her a valid claim that she would be believed for if she would say it, Kigon Zu, in a case like this, where she is a Chareshes, she can't speak. Or she was a Shota, she doesn't have enough das, enough, a, 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 enough depth of understanding. To be able to come up with this claim, psach pichal ilemhu. We are going to provide a voice to the voiceless. So the basin actually is going to make the claim on her behalf. Even though she says nothing, the basin will say, you know what, it must be that she was violated after Arison, and therefore we're going to believe her for that claim that she actually never made, 
will make the claim for her. And the opinion that says, is Rav Yehuda, where she's not believed. The opinion that says, even though she doesn't actually make the claim, will make the claim on her behalf. Kind of running out of time, but this is actually a fascinating sugya to determine when is it that a based in will lead a person on to making a claim. We know that when it comes to Yisomim, children, orphans, who lost a parent, there's a concept called Ta'inin Anlei. The based in is always going to give them the best possible uh, claim to help them win a case. In this case, this is not a Yasom, this is somebody who's unfortunately uh, in in a bad circumstance because she doesn't know what to say. She just doesn't, doesn't have enough depth of understanding or the ability to speak. So the basin gives the claim. There's a fine line that's walked when the Dayanim actually lead people on to making claims. To go too far, it could be, as the Mishnah writes, as Ka'arche HaDayanim, which is really corrupt judges. So again, there's a fine line to walk, but clearly this is one of the cases where we'd say, Psach Pichel Ileim, which is a Pasuk in Mishleim, which means, literally, means be a voice for the voiceless. This case, this is one of those cases where we recognize a chareshes and a shotar not able to speak and to actually verbalize what their rights are, and therefore we do it on their behalf. The Gemara continues, HaBogeres ain't la tainus besulim. A bogeres, an adult girl, a person marries her and discovers that she's not a basula, then the halach is he cannot go to Bastin and say, hold on a second, I married this girl under the pretenses that she was a basula and she's not. He should have assumed that she would not be a basula when they get married. The Gemara says, hold on a second. The Rav, Rav said, We give her the first night completely scot-free. What does that mean? The halacha is, it's important to point this out because this is not how we this is not actually how we're knowing. Dam Nida and Dam Ziva make a woman Tamea and she has to go to the mikvah. While a woman is Tamea, she's obviously a Sur Labaila. But Dam Nida needs to be Dam Nida, and Dam Ziva needs to be Dam Ziva, which is menstrual bleeding. Dam Besulim, for all intents and purposes, let's we can call it Dam Maka. This has a blood that comes out when a woman is penetrated for the first time, is not damnita. And therefore, it should not be metame. So the Gemara says, when a person marries a bogeres, the entire first night that they're married, any blood that comes out, we're just going to excuse that as dambasulim. Now, Lamaisa, the way we're knowing now, the way we paskin is, that not only are dambasulim metame, but even if we don't necessarily see blood, but if there is a gemar bia, we assume there is blood. So we're very machmer on this, lahalacha. but from the strict point of the Mishnah, what it's saying is that a bogeres, the first night, any blood which is found, we completely excuse it as dam besulim. In other words, we don't even suspect that it's dam nida, because it's so prevalent that there's going to be blood that will come out on the first night, so therefore for a bogeres, all blood that comes out on the first night is immediately excused as dam besulim, and it's no problem of nida or ziva. What does that clearly say? That clearly seems to indicate that we expect her to be a besula, as a, as a bogeres. So the Gemara says, yes, you're right. Idikaton tainis domim, 
if his claim is that a claim of blood, hachanami. You're right. What do we? T- In other words, if he claimed that there was no blood, he would be believed because we expect there to be blood. However, what are we talking about over here? He's not claiming that he didn't find blood. And Rashi says, I think it's sort of in Rashi. Yeah. Um, in other words, he wasn't paying attention. He didn't pay attention to the blood. In other words, his claim is, when they ask him, did he find blood? He says, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't notice that. What's his claim? His claim is that the Pesach was open too much, which is like we saw in that test, Pesach Pesuach Matzasi. He says there, was, there wasn't enough resistance. And therefore, that's his claim. When it comes to that being the claim, the Gemara says, That's not a good taina. Why? Because her body matured already. As her body matured, it's very possible that her body matured enough to the point where there was much less resistance. So in other words, what we're coming out from here is a bogeras, we expect her to still have dam besulim, but we don't expect there to be resistance. And therefore, if his claim is I didn't find any blood, then he would be believed, and that would be a valid taina of tainas besulim that I expected to find blood. If his claim is that I expected it to be much more resistance, we will tell him, I'm sorry, you married an adult, an adult, as Rashi writes, the last words in the Rashi of, of the first Rashi on the page, Misha Bagra in Rach Matzar, he'll think that it's Pesach Pesuach, but again, she's an adult, as she grows up, there's going to be much less resistance. The Gemara continues, Sumcha says in the name of Rabbi Meir, Suma ain't latinus besulim, a person marries a blind girl, there are not going to be Tanis Basulum. In other words, he cannot claim that I married her expecting her to be a Vesula, but she wasn't. The Gemara says, My time at the Sumchas, why not? What does being blind have to do with anything? The says, She can't see where she's going, so she constantly falls. She constantly falls. It's very possible that by way of the trauma from falling all the time, she will not, no longer have any Vesulum. The Gemara says, Come on, give me a break. All kids fall, play tackle football. You know, everyone's playing. Kids are running around. Kids play sports. Kids always fall. You don't need to be blind to fall. So everyone falls. The Gemara says, you are right. It's true. Everyone falls. And we're not saying that blind people fall any more or less than anybody else. The problem just is, when anybody else falls, kulu roos umaros iman. A typical girl who falls down and starts bleeding, what does she do? She runs to her mother and says... Mom, look what happened. I'm bleeding. So if indeed she fell and she would, it, there would be a trauma that affects her basulim, it would be something that would be known about because she would have showed it to her mother. Zu enaroa, she can't see it. She doesn't know what's happening. Therefore, veinamara she can't show it to her mother. Okay, so Simchus has some type of explanation as to why a sumo, why a blind girl will be different. It has nothing to do with whether or not she falls. Everybody falls. It just has to do with whether or not she noticed that she lost her basulim by way of some trauma, and therefore we wouldn't know about it because she couldn't tell. All right. A girl who goes out because of shame ra, there's no knas and no pitoy. She gets skila. Now, what's the Gemara's question? It's important to look at Tosus over here. We're not, we're not bothered by the fact 
that she's getting skila and we're saying kamli bedrabimine. We're just saying, Tosus points out, upshita delabas knasi da ba'ulahi. In other words, it's just if she's getting skila because of the fact that she was mizana while she was already married, so then the problem is that she was mizana. She's a ba'ula. And therefore, of course, there's no, there's no knas. Amr b'sheish ashachi ka'amar. Mi shiyotza alea shem rabbi al-dusa ein lo knas lo pita. A girl who bad rumors were spread about her when she was a child, she becomes disqualified from the knas. Amr papa. Shmamina. Learn from here. Haishtara reya. If you have a shtar, which I guess the, the right word would be it has, it has some questions about it. It has a question about its validity. You can't use it to, to, to claim any money. Sigmar says, hey, Chidami, what are we talking about here? If you're telling me that what happened over here is that the rumor went out. That there's a rumor. People are hawking. There's gossip. People are saying, oh, you know what? That star that, that guy has, it's a forgery. So then... What would be the parallel case by this girl? There's a rumor about her that she was Mizana. Don't listen to gossip. Because a rumor went out. You know, just because there's a rumor that went out, this girl's Mizana, it's none of anybody's business. That doesn't actually turn her into a zona, just because people are talking about it. You have to have a little bit more evidence than that. In fact, there's a rumor. The Mora says, Ella, to Asu betray, two people came from Amri, lidid hu, tavat nehi What are we talking about? We're talking about a case where two people say, we don't just have a rumor that this girl was Mazan. We were approached by this girl she asked us for znos. In other words, we know that she was soliciting znos, and therefore we say, we'll get to that in a second, in the Dekavah the, the parallel case here by the star is, to asu betray, to edim came va'amri, and they said, ledit hu, amr lahu zaifali. This guy came over to us and asked us if we can falsely sign on the star. So in other words, it's much more, much stronger evidence that she was Mizana. Why? Because she approached us asking us for his nose. Or the forger of the star approached us and asked us to sign falsely. When it comes to, to someone's being Mizana, all right, you know what the, the reality is? That she'll find somebody. There are enough people out there, if she goes to solicit people, first nos, she'll find somebody because there are enough prutzim out there. But, people have really have nothing to gain by signing on a star falsely. Just think of it like, all right, so a person could find themselves tempted to, <clears throat> to fall prey to someone who's soliciting them for znos. But why would someone sign a star falsely? For what reason? What do they gain from that? Gemara says that we don't actually assume people sign the star falsely, Rather, Hachanami came into Kamahadar Zayufe. Since he's looking for people to help him forge the star, Amar Zayufe Zayifikasim. If he went so far to go public and tell people, you know what, could you please help me forge the star? If he doesn't find anybody, you know what he'll do? He'll do the whole thing himself. You don't need help with it. 
You can write this star, you can force people's signatures. But again, when it comes to znos, you actually have to have another party involved. So therefore, the fact that there are prutsim in this world, there are enough prutsim in this world who are willing to go along with it, and therefore, we say that Yatzalah Hashem Ra, what it means is not just that there was some type of rumor floating around that she went around and asked people for, uh, sorry, that there's a rumor going around that she had znos. Rather, when you're talking about a girl who was motzi Allah Hashem Ra, it's talking about a girl where there is evidence, there's edus, there are test, there's testimony that she went around soliciting people, soliciting people for znos. So a little bit further, just a couple more minutes. The, Gemara, the, the Mishnah continues. The first Mishnah was The following are girls who do not have a knas. Somebody who, who is on a gyores, on a convert, and on a girl who is held captive, and a maidservant. If she was redeemed, she was she converted, or she was freed, older than three, di- three years and one day. In other words, they're past that period of time when we'll say the Basulim will grow back. So therefore, we assume her to be a Zona, and therefore there is no, there is no Tainas Basulim. Yehuda Omer, Shavuya Shaniftis Yehuda says, when it comes to a Shavuya, the fact that she was older than three doesn't affect her, and we still assume that she is going to be Bikdushasa. She could, and again, we don't have that much time to talk about this, but essentially, Tosa points out that Mido writes so we don't assume her to be a, a Ba'ula. It's only Midrabana. Even though she's a Gedola. Habal Bito. person is Baal Bito. Has a relationship with his child. Abbas Bito, a, grand, a granddaughter. Abbas Bino, a granddaughter from her son. Abbas Ishto, his wife's daughter. Abbas Bino, the daughter of her son. Abbas Bito, the daughter of her daughter, ain't lahen knas. Well, there's no knas. Why? Because of commonly the person's chayev misa for those relationships. Jimmy Sasson, bide based in, based in will execute this person. A person's chayev misa by based in, ain't mishali mamon does not pay mamon. Why? She spent a lot of time in this in the past. Couple dafim that when there's a chiyav of misa, there is no monetary payment. Let's just go a little bit further. Yehuda and Rabbi Dosa said the same thing. Yehuda and our Mishnah said that a shvuya past the age of three is still going to be b'kdushasa. Yehuda had amaran. He's who the person we quoted. Rabbi Dosa, who's Rabbi Dosa? Titania, for we learned in a Bryce, a Shvuya, a Shvuya, captive girl. Ochelas betruma, she can eat truma. Div Rabbi Dosa. So clearly, we're allowing her to eat truma. That means they were assuming she was not violated. Sorry, and he's explaining. What did this Arab do to her already? Why does Gemara use the term Aravai? Because the Gemara in Kedushin says that Arabs have taken nine tenths of all Znos in this world. So therefore, just because he was fooling around with her. Again, the Gemara is not minimizing what happens when somebody is harassed like this, but again, it does not turn her into a ba'ula. It's something which is terribly harass, uh, harassing and carries a lot of trauma with it, but it does not ruin her. Maybe this is not true. Yehuda only said his halacha, 
Yehuda is talking about a case, we don't want it to be Chot Nisker. She was held captive, and therefore, the person who's going to violate her is going to get out of a knas. In other words, when it comes to knas, Yehuda says, all right, we'll still give her the knas. Maybe when it comes to that case of Truma, he would hold like the Rabbanon. Inami, maybe the opposite. Ad kan lokam rabdosa hasam ella bitruma drabanan. Rabdosa was only allowing her to eat truma because it was nisrumi drabanan. Aval knas, when it comes to knas, which is doraisa, she is technically midoraisa eligible to this knas, maybe krabanan surely. Okay, we'll have to stop here at 6.45. But everyone have a wonderful day. Again, it's just close to be able to learn with everybody. Hashem, the Rav will be back tomorrow. And again, come to keep a Kovacs asked me to remind everybody we mean a tremendous amount to him if you could participate in the bris at 745 this morning at Rabbi Golfe's shul. Have a wonderful day.